Hey, this is Sharon Srivatsan. Welcome back to the Business School Podcast. And in this episode, I'm going to take you behind the scenes of how our content creation engine works. On average, we produce 50 to 75 pieces of content a week. I know compared to the big influencers, that's not a lot, but compared to folks that are just getting in the game, that's significantly a lot. So whether you're making three to five pieces of content a week or you're making 50 to 100 pieces of content a week, I want to take you behind the scenes to show you how I used to think about it, how I used to think about emails, how I used to think about Instagram, Facebook, social, text messages, podcast content creation, YouTube, how I used to think about all of it and how I've changed, how I've changed the way I think about it based on the data, based on what I've learned is working, based on the influences that I advise. I have seen the change and I came up with a new framework that is going to help me and my team going forward. And since I did all that work to learn it for myself, I thought I would give you the entire framework so that you didn't have to go through that pain. This episode walks you through step-by-step step my four-step content creation process and framework in the new world. And it all starts right now. One thing is for certain, just because it's tried and true doesn't mean it's working right now. So the big question is this, where can you learn what is working right now? The strategies, the tactics, the psychology, and the exact how to, how to grow your business how to blow up your personal brand and supercharge your personal growth? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Sharon Srivatsa, and welcome to Business School. In this episode, I'm going to take you behind the scenes of my upgrade, things that I was doing decently, but realized I could do better. And when I realized that I can do something better, I tried to come up with the framework or formula to actually realize what I'm going to do better. And then once I put that in place, I realized that, oh, that was an upgrade. And when I get an upgrade, I get to share it with you because I do all the hard work. I go through the pain. I go through the realizations. I go through the insights. I go through the... The, the new kind of upgraded format and I get to share it with you so that you don't have to go through that pain. This episode is about how I used to think about content and how I've made an upgrade for myself and my team based on a bunch of new learnings. And I want to share that with you so that you can take it right now and not have to go through the pain yourself and install this in your life and in your business so it can be more joyful, more profitable, and a lot more enjoyable for everybody. So now uh, we can all agree that the world has changed, meaning what used to work 30 years ago, many of those things still work, but the world has changed. So when the world has changed, the things that used to work 30 years ago don't work right now. The things that used to work three years ago don't work right now. The things that used to work three months ago sometimes don't work right now, right? And how do we pick apart what is working, leave it, and how do we pick apart what is not working and leave that that way? And the one thing that I have, that we can all agree is that content is 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 something new that has kind of been in place not in the traditional way like in the traditional way what they did with content if you think about it uh, newspapers created content so that everybody would buy the newspaper and then in line in context of that content they would do commercials they would do ads they would do things like that right what was tv there was entertainment based programming there were news shows there were uh, TV series, and in the middle of all of those, they would sell commercials, right? And content is just, in, in this modern world, is just a variation of all of that. And we can agree that without content, we're 
underperforming. We're dead in the water. And everyone's trying to figure out, man, how do I make content that's valuable? Do I just talk about the three things that someone needs to know right now? Is that what it is? And that's what uh, is the big shift for me. So let me tell you how all of this came about for me. I resisted content for a long time, especially short form stuff. I resisted tweets because I resisted LinkedIn. I resisted short form videos, mainly because I thought that it was hard to communicate the complex stuff in short form. So I did more things like this. I made a podcast or I wrote email, mainly because I didn't have a better understanding. And I just went with the themes of education, inspiration, and entertainment. I always would say, hey, if you're making content, go with education-based content or inspiration-based content or entertainment-based content. And I will tell you, I'm not an entertainer. Like that's just not, I don't have that gift. So I would just educate a lot more. And so I'd had a much tighter tribe, but a much more engaged. So I'd have smaller, you know, smaller community, but, but it was a great community. But the, the, the epiphany for me was this, um, some things work and some things don't. I'd post a piece of content that I thought was great recently that I liked and I'd get nothing. Then I'd post another piece of content and I'd get a lot of traction. And I always wondered why. I couldn't figure out why. The interesting part is people say, oh, just post and test. Yeah, that's fine. But posting and testing is not the answer. Like, yes, you should do that. But I would like to understand why something worked and why it didn't, right? That's the hard part for me is I can post and test and post and test, but then I'm just being dumb and like a doing it in a very uh, unsophisticated way because they're spending a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of resources trying to create content. And then we post it and nothing happens and we get frustrated. Then we post again and it takes off and we're like frustrated again because we don't know why it took off. And then we want to make something like the one that took off and it doesn't take off and it's still frustrating. And I was really frustrated by that. Maybe I just don't have the gift of understanding exactly how it works. So I thought, hmm, I wanted to figure out what works, meaning uh, what do we get views on? What do we get impressions on? What do we get comments on? What do I get direct messages on? What do people at events, I was on the road for the last 12 days, what do people at events come up and tell me? And so that I can do better, where am I spending my time, right? And so based on all of this, I came up with a new framework for content creation for myself and my team. And I want to share that with you. I will tell you exactly what the framework is and I will go through and give you examples of it so that you can maybe utilize that in your life and in your business. And the framework is a four-letter acronym called TICE, T-I-C-E, T-I-C-E. In essence, I had four things that I came up with and I tried to find an acronym for it. That's all it is, right? So I can remember and I can share with you TICE, T-I-C-E. So let's, uh, if it's okay with you, Let's jump in and I'll break down each one of these and I give you the I give you an example of what it is and hopefully you can find a way to uh, work through it in your life and in your business. All right. So the first one entice uh, T is tactical. Something that is so tactical that you can when someone is watching it in 30 to 60 seconds, they get the tactic or understanding around it and are immediately know what to do next or what to do differently. I say it again. When someone is given a tactic they immediately know what to do next or what to do differently. And that was the big deal for me. So when I am building something that is tactical, I think about, all right, does this allow the listener or the viewer to figure out what to do next or what to do differently? And I can communicate that in a very short and fast way. For example, um, I made a recent video on Instagram that I honestly took off and uh, was pretty cool, but I got I liked the comments more because it created a ton of engagement, some hate, but that's always good because you want you want something polarizing. And I'll tell you exactly what I said. 
So in this short video, I described the fact that I said, um, there are many in service industries that give the gift of knives, Cutco knives. Cutco, Cutco is a popular kind of knife gifting company. And the funny part is this is nothing against Cutco. I actually think they make really great knives. But uh, I spent a lot of time helping real estate agents and real estate agents are uh, have been for many years, uh, decades, giving knives as a gift. So here's what will happen. A real estate agent will help a client buy a home. And then upon closing and the client getting the home, the real estate agent would do a closing gift, which is sometimes knives. And they'll they'll go get this really uh, great kind of set of Cutco knives. By the way, if you are not familiar, Cutco is a really good brand of knives. I actually like what they do a lot. And what the agent will do is they will brand it to themselves. So call it Sharon uh, Real Estate Group, right? So they will brand the knives. So essentially, Cutco, the company, will print my name and my logo on the knives. They'll engrave them on these really expensive, great steak knives. And so you'll get this amazing set of steak knives, steak knives or whatever. And then when you pull out the knife, you're like, this is awesome. I want this in my new house. And then it literally has the big branding of Sharon Real Estate Group on it, right? With, with, that's all is on the knife. And so it's interesting because they're, it's not a koozie, right? They're not, they're not, or a hat. We're not a sporting your brand. They're, they're cutting their steak. They're inviting their friends. They don't want your name and they don't want my name and, and my brand all over their knives because one, they are never going to use it and put my brand and, and invite friends and give them the steak knives because it makes them look cheap that they can't buy their own steak knives. And second, they don't want to promote me because it just looks weird, right? Like strange. So I made this video that said, hey, the worst gift in, that you can give is a set of Cutco knives, not with your brand on it. Instead, what you should do is you should give the gift of Cutco knives if you would like that, but put their brand on it. So instead, if I were uh, giving the Johnson family a gift, I would engrave on the knives, very small, Johnson family. Now, if you want to engrave something, that would make sense because every time now they open that box of Cutco knives, they'd be like, ah, Sharon gave me this gift and they would also would not mind inviting people over and giving them that uh, the giving them the steak knives to use because they'd be like, oh, cool, you guys have branded knives. You guys have branded towels. You guys have branded whatever. That makes sense because they would put their family's name and crest on it, not the agents from a marketing purpose, right? So that was a very, and of course, I got a lot of hate on it and that's fine. I don't care. But what I did was I provided something tactical, right? I said, what do you do next or what do you do differently? And I had a ton of real estate agents and mortgage brokers come uh, respond to me and message me saying, oh man, I never thought of that. I just went with whatever it was because I, yeah, I thought that it would be my brand. And I was like, yeah, but what you don't realize is that your brand is more prevalent because they will always use your knives. In this case, they won't use your knives anymore. They're going to give it away. And that's what's really sad. And they're going to be bummed that they had to give it away because they liked the knives but didn't like your face on it. And that's what's cool. So something tactical, right? Meaning they can do, they know what to do next or what to do differently. So that is T in T-I-C, Tice. Number two, communities. I I am the, uh, I, I, I'm a total believer in the idea of communities. Um, communities have been around for a very long time where people build uh, groups of, you know, a group of people to come together to talk about something certain. So the, the communities are generally built around one or two uh, primary themes. Number one, it's all built around the same avatar. So essentially, hey, this is a community for uh, single dads. This is a community for 
um, you know, women in real estate, whatever it may be, right? There's a community where the avatar of the person is the same, so it brings the people together, right? And the second is, is a community where all of them want the same thing. So everybody that wants to write a book, everybody that wants to lose weight, everybody that wants to, I, I don't know, uh, hit a golf ball another extra 300 yards. So generally communities end up being uh, around an avatar of who they are or an aspirational goal of who, who they, what they want to become, right? And that's totally cool. The second part of this, this framework is if you don't have a community, I'd highly recommend creating one, especially if you have a avatar, as in if you're a real estate agent in Laguna Beach, you should create a community of Laguna Beach residents because that makes sense because you're serving the um, serving their Laguna Beach re geographical area. Every single person that knows you and that can benefit from your services or your knowledge in the in Laguna Beach is a good person to have either in the community, in your sphere of influence, as a client or as a networking kind of component, right? So building a community around the who is really good. Second, but building the community around what they want to achieve is really good as well. I'll give you an example. Uh, my friends, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray, who are my money coaches, by the way, they run this insane community called Wealth Without Wall Street. So if you're not a part of it, you should go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com and join their community for free. Their uh, Wealth Without Wall Street's mission is to help everybody in their community achieve financial freedom. And how they call it is that financial freedom is defined to them as where your passive income is greater than your monthly expenses, right? Your passive income is greater than your monthly expenses. Therefore, you don't have to day-to-day -day work, but you've created an infrastructure where your passive income is greater than your monthly expenses. So everybody that is interested in passive income or, or financial freedom is attracted to this community. If it doesn't even matter if you're not started on this path, even more the reason why you should be part of it, because now they are figuring out this aspirational goal. Everybody there wants to do that one thing, which is achieve financial freedom. So they're able to open up their community and collect and, and invite and curate people in there who have the same aspirational goal of getting financial freedom. By the way, if you are have ever thought about getting financial freedom, you should uh, sign up and, and just go, it's totally free to be a part of uh, the Wealth Without Wall Street community. It's wealthwithoutwallstreet.com. I'm, of course, part of it because I love them. I've learned so much from them because now you get to see what the first step is, what other people are doing, what, how other people are messing up, how what mistakes they made and what they're going to do differently. This aspirational goal of financial freedom is super powerful and they're getting to build a community around it. So the second way of creating content is to say, hmm, can I create a community and can I pour my heart out of that community? Here's the one thing that I've noticed that makes people feel good about themselves, but it's actually not that great. So I've seen folks that would create a community as a um, as a fake sales machine. So I've seen folks in the um, I, I call it I call it a, a let's say you are I'm making it up. Let's say you are a shoe aficionado and you create this community to talk about shoes, right? But all you do in there is you tease about something that you have and you want to sell stuff. So you use the community just to sell stuff, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, it's not a community at all. It's just straight up lead generation group. So don't call it a community. You're lying. So I've seen several communities where it's a fake community. You get people in there. Yeah, they get to talk a little bit. You're still the boss. But the entire purpose of having the community is to create profit for you. If that is the case, then you're totally missing the point, right? If you, if you want to create the content creation is not based on, yes, you want it to be 99% selfless and 1% selfish, 
but it's not 99, it's not 50-50. So if you have a community and the entire goal of the community is to curate people so that you can pluck them out of the water, like people will tell me, oh, I have this community and it's like shooting fish in a barrel. I'm like, that's fine. That's good for your business purposes, but like it will never stand the test of time because people are not dumb. They see the fact that you're building a community just to pluck them off into clients. If that's what you want to do, tell them that. But if that's not what you want to do and you want to bring together a community of copywriters and here and there you pitch, that's fine. But if you wake up every morning and say, hey, I'm trying to give value to residents of Laguna Beach. I'm just in here pouring into the residents of Laguna Beach. That's great. I'm in here helping people with copywriters. That's great. I'm in here helping people figure out shoes. That's great. By the way, if you're not part of our community, it's called the 5 a.m. club. We have a community called the 5 a.m. club, folks that like to wake up early and crush their days. It may not be you. You may be a night owl. That's totally fine. But I've had this community. It has, you know, 9,000 people in it. And I've had this community for, you know, seven, eight years so far. I haven't sold anything in it. The community is active early in the morning and it's not active the rest of the day. I could easily go in there and because because I run the calls, I have enough influence where I can say, hey, go buy my stuff. But I don't. You know why? Because that's there is there is a uh, there's no congruence. I started the community to help people wake up and cross their days. If I now get in there and say, buy, you know, hey, buy my shirt. That's weird. Right. So. If you're building a community, just take care of the community and then everything that happens in the community will happen on its own. So the second idea in this, uh, the community stuff is with the C, you would just um, build communities. And the cool part around that is just wake up and figure out how you can serve the community. The one thing I'll tell you about serving the community is just give them everything. The more you hold back, the more irritating it is. Just give them everything and, and let them take stuff for free. People will buy stuff. Just let whatever you see, whatever you feel, you want to build a community that you could just share freely in and you never have to think, oh, should this be behind my paid wall? Should this? No, just give them all. Give it to them. Give everything to them. All right. So number one was T for tactical. Oh, I think I missed a, missed the I. Uh, number three was C for communities. Uh, so T-I-C, tactical, insightful, communities, entertainment. Those are the four. Tactical, insightful, communities, entertainment. Uh, so I gave you tactical, which is the idea of the Tutko knives. I gave you uh, the community, which is the idea of, you know, bring a community together of people that are either the same avatar or they have the same aspirational goal. Uh, number three, let's talk about insightfulness. Short form content is so is built entirely to create some insightfulness. If you can figure out how to create a piece of content that is insightful, you will win so big. And the idea is just to ask yourself, what are they thinking now? What do I want them to be thinking after they watch this? That's it. The insightfulness is just the bridge, the the the, the reclarification of their thinking. What are they thinking now, and what do you want them to be thinking differently? Every time I'm thinking about building something insightful, I ask, "Huh, what is the world thinking right now, and what do I want to, them to think about differently?" I'll give you an example. So I recorded this video recently, talking talking about uh, the new call to action. In fact, I recorded a whole podcast about the new CTA system. Because people always ask me on email, on social media, in web, web, in webinars, everything that they're doing is, hey, Sharon, what's my call to action? Do I say call me for more? Like nobody wants to call you. Like nobody wants to call you. I, even when I have to make a call, it just it, it makes, irritates me to make a call, right? No one wants to call you. No one wants to click on a page. No one wants to do any of that. So my thing was, hey, what do people are doing right now? They're, they have this um, way, aggressive way of saying some kind of call to action. Click here, text me call me, email me, et cetera, right? Nobody wants to do that. So I talked, I'm talking about this idea that's, that's time on brand is the new call to action. 
So think about that for a second. The call to action in the in the old world was do something, go do something, meaning go text me, go email me, go call me, go print this, go click this. That was the call to action. What I'm suggesting is that is not the call to action anymore. The call to action is them watching more of your stuff. The call to action is them spending more with you. The call to action is them spending more on your brand. And that was my, I, my, my kind of theory of time on brand. Time on brand is the new call to action. So I'm releasing people from the idea that they have to figure out what the call to action is. I'm just trying to explain to them that call to action is that modern day call to action is just them remembering you and spending more time with you automatically gets them in rapport with you. Therefore, they'll spend more money with you, right? So my entire video for 60 seconds was, hey, the old school world was what you believe right now was call to action is you got to do text, call, email, blah, blah, blah. And the new world, what I'm suggesting is you don't want to do any of that. You just want them to spend more time with you. It's more time on your brand, more time on your content, more time with you. And that is automatically the best call to action. So to me, that was the insight. That was the before and after. So when you're creating something, ask like, well, what is the insight? What is the before and after? And then hit that in that 30 to 60 second piece of content. Hit that in the short email. Hit that in the short Facebook post. Hit that. Because now that shows the insightfulness from before to after. So I went through TICE. I went to three TIC, tactical, where you're actually showing them what to do next or what to do differently. Number two, talked about uh, insightfulness. What is the before and what is the after? Then you talk about communities is how do you get somebody who's either the same avatar or the same aspirational thing that they want to achieve, which is really good. And number four is entertainment. Okay, I'll just tell you this about entertainment. I'm not good at it, all right? I'm just not, I'm not good at it. I'm not a good entertainer. Like that's, maybe I'm just not, that's not in my, in my, uh, in my gene pool. But entertainment, there's no dancing required. But the sole purpose of this is entertainment. There's a reason because content, everything that we do, we're constantly distracted. We're constantly distracted. And content that we do, like we send emails, we do ads, we put content out, is all just interrupting. They're there for something else and they get interrupted with your email. They get interrupted. They're in their Facebook feed and they get interrupted with your ad. They get, they're watching their Instagram post and they get interrupted with your video. The only way, the soft way, the smooth way, the comfortable way to softly interject into people's worlds is to interrupt them is through entertainment, right? So for example, if you are um, walking down uh, the streets of Venice Beach, California, suddenly they'll say, they'll just start, uh, people will just start dancing, right? Or they'll, they'll be a, uh, some kind of street performer. What is that? It's entertainment. They're interrupting you by telling you to stop and watch and they're entertaining you. If somebody said, uh, was in, uh, you were walking in Venice Beach and I just stood up on, uh, uh, on a little platform and said, let me tell you about the three ways to grow your business. You'd be like, that's dumb. I don't care who this guy is. He's interrupting me with three ways to grow my business. Like that is stupid. Why would I stop and listen? That's exactly what's happening. If you're walking down the boardwalk and what was the only reason that you would stop? You would stop to be entertained. Well, everything else that we do in our life is a digital boardwalk. And we think that we can provide more content and people will stop and consume. They won't. And, and yes, you got to rotate it, but entertainment is the fastest way to get people to stop. Entertainment is the fastest way to get people to spend time on brand. Entertainment is the fastest way to sneak them into your world. So the idea is, how can you create some entertainment? How can you make it like, hmm, what can I do differently here that will help people stop and listen, stop and watch, right? Um, I'll give you an example, since I'm not good at it. I... I think these reaction videos are really powerful and uh, a cool way to do entertainment. In fact, one of the videos I did recently was um, there was this video of Grant Cardone. If you don't know Grant, he's a, a very interesting personality in the real estate coaching world. He, uh, you know, he 
he comes off as a redneck, but he's a pretty smart guy. He's very polarizing. He tells people kind of in, in what he thinks and what's on his mind. He's very insulting because he, that's the way he says this is the truth. And he has no problem selling stuff all day long, right? He, he's very show-offy. He shows off his jets, his yachts, his cars, his money, and all of that. And and I honestly don't have a problem with it. It, it doesn't, doesn't bother me one way or the other. To me, it's just data points. So he made a video recently, and he said how an investor was going to... Investor said he wanted to invest $20 million with him. And so he took his $20 million. And then the next day, the investor sent one of his team members to do kind of a quick tour and due diligence of his operations because he's written him a check for $20 million. I thought that was kind of fair. So the guy shows up and just walks around, talks to a few people. And before he leaves, this guy, Grant Cardone, returns his $20 million to him and says, hey, I thought you trusted me. I don't want part, I don't want investors like this. Take your money back. Uh, and, you know, had the guy leave. And I thought that was really interesting. If somebody gave me $20 million, heck, someone gave me $2 as a part of an investment and they wanted to see what I was doing, I would, and if I had nothing to hide, I would give them full transparency, right? Because they're investors. Well, that's your fiduciary and you're a steward of someone's capital. And so I reacted to that video and I essentially put that video in the corner. I reacted to the video and I was like, listen, I think this is interesting because if someone gave me $20 million, I would give them, I would open up my entire book to them. In fact, all the, we take a lot of investor money for investing in a lot of our multifamily projects in our ARC multifamily group. Like a lot of my friends and family members invest with us. And I tell them, you can go visit our projects whenever you want. You can look at our PLs whenever you want. It's your money. We're your stewards of your money. And so I said, I think a little differently about this because if someone gave me their money, I should be open to showing them everything about it and not take it personally. And that video went nuts and I got probably a lot of hate. But I also got a lot of love and it was good because it was entertaining. And I, what I realized was it had nothing to do with the hate or the love. What it was, it was entertaining. People saw that video. They were polarized. Either they loved it or they hated it. And they either loved my reaction or may hate my reaction because of that I got a ton of engagement. Because even in a non-entertaining guy kind of way without doing a dance on TikTok, I was still able to create some entertainment with a reactionary video. So it can be done with straight humor, making fun of something. It can be done with a reaction video. It can be done... Uh, with, you know, uh, putting a camera on your dog and walking, have the dog walk through a house. It can be anything. But the idea is you want to ask yourself, if you were walking down the Venice Beach, California boardwalk, what would get you to stop and watch the street performer? Would it be a street performer or would it be a politician giving a speech? What would it be? Because a little bit of entertainment gets pretty fun to go a long way. So that was T-I-C-E, Tice. Number one, tactical, which is very simply, uh, what do you do next? Or what do you do differently? Number two, which are insightful, which is what is before and after. Number three are communities. Do you have the right avatar uh, of the person or the right aspiration? And number four, entertainment. What can you do to stir entertainment for them because you're distracting them and you're interrupting them? What can you do to stir entertainment? When you do those four things, like we're changing our all our content to this TICE model and really going hard on figuring out a type, tighter, deeper way to do more TICE because I think that it entices people. That was good, right? Entices people. All right. Um, so if you want, if, if this is all interesting to you, I think, uh, you know, what I would love for you to do is uh, just ask this one simple question. What kind of con, before you make any piece of content, before you post anything on social media, maybe a simple post of you getting an award or a simple post of on a story where you're inviting people to something, ask what part of TICE is this? Is it something tactical where you're teaching somebody to do something? Is it something insightful where you're changing their mind? 
Is this a community where you're actually helping them get to their goals? Or is this entertainment you're helping them pass time? What is it? And once you know what it is, you may be able to plot it right there and plot it better so that it fits to one of those things. And if it's not one of those, maybe ask, hmm, what do I really want from this? All right. If this was interesting to you, um, if you could, if you, and you're welcome to just take a screenshot of this episode and just tag me on Instagram and say, hey, this was interesting or whatever. So at least I know that stuff like this is helpful. Please send this to your team of whoever's doing your content. Maybe it's insightful to them. Um, all I ask is that the more I know this is helpful, that'll help me know to make more stuff like this. This is an example of the TICE, right? I wanted to make something tactical for you. And hopefully this tactical thing will help you do more TICE related stuff. Um, so take a screenshot, tag me. I hope this is helpful and I'll catch you on the next one. Hey, Sharon, I have a cool gift for you. Since you like this podcast, I actually have an ultra super secret private podcast that I make just for my partner companies and the CEOs and influencers that I advise. It's called 10K Wisdom because I try to wrap $10,000 worth of value in every single episode in just under 10 minutes. That's why it's called 10K Wisdom. It's raw, it's real, it's got no intro or outro or anything like that. It's just straight to the point and to the insights. Since you like this podcast, I think you will like that. So for the first time, I'm making it available to you. Just go to 10kwisdom.com, the number 10kwisdom.com, and my team will activate it for you as my gift. Go to 10kwisdom.com. I'll see you there.